Kings, chapter number 17, and uh, we're going to be just looking and uh, getting ready to, to, to just bring you the Word this morning, and I know that the Lord will uh, speak to your heart. What a joy it is to see you today. What a beautiful crowd. Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you never looked better. Wow. Wow, blessed we are. Now listen. We are preparing for Easter Sunday. That's just two weeks away. So listen, everybody look around. Do you see an empty chair? Who are you going to put in that chair? We're going to put all the other chairs out. All those chairs stacked up, all those are going to be out. We are preparing for a wonderful crowd, packed house, blessed day And we're going to see God do some amazing things. But we need your help. We need you invite. Get your family. Get your friends. People say, people will come to church on Easter and Christmas when they won't go any other time. And what they say is, they would go to church if someone invited them. And so you've got to take opportunity. You can call, you can text, you can Facebook. But let me me just share this with you. 100% of the people you pick up will show up. You always have people say, well, I don't know. You know, I don't have car. I don't have gas, all this. You know, just tell them, look, I'll be there at your house Sunday morning, 930. Pick you up. And uh, you just get get, get them here. Whatever you need to do, let's fill the house. Uh, Let's have a wonderful day. Afterwards, uh, come on, bring in the eggs. The the children are going to have a wonderful time uh, out in the field. And you get out there and take pictures, and it'll be a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, Pastor Marcello is just, it it, it is hurting his heart because Miss Amy will not let him mow the field. He wants to mow so bad. He likes it to be beautiful and smooth. Uh, She wants all those flowers. She wants those eggs to be hidden deep in the grass. And, uh, but we know that when you do that, for the next couple mowing times, we'll be hitting eggs. Eggs will be, so, uh, we, 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 it's gonna be a wonderful, wonderful time. I, I know that, uh, when you came in, uh, some of you already got these. Uh, these are our resurrection envelopes that we'll be passing out on Easter Sunday. But some of them are on the back table, some of them are on the information desk. And if you want to, if you are responsible enough to take one and bring it back Easter, you can. <laughs> Some of you say, I, I just wait till Easter. No, but if you want to go ahead and take this and look at it, and you know what? Uh, I'm believing for is the most important thing on here. Because what are you believing for? Listen, we're going to learn today that God is positioning us for a blessing. God is po- positioning us for provision. And God is our source. God is our supply. Amen? God is good. You don't think God's good? Just look back there at Sister Anna Bastunas. Come on now. We're so thankful to see her today. She she has gone through surgery. She has gone through treatments. And God has been so good. And she is looking wonderful. And we're declaring complete healing and restoration. God is a good God. Amen? 
and we stand with our, with our church family. And uh, so you know what? Maybe you're believing for your healing. Maybe you're believing for a new job. Maybe you're believing for a wife or for a husband. Or maybe you're believing for a child. Or you're believing for whatever. You know what? Put it on there. You say, well, that, that, that's, a, you know, that's far-fetched. Come on. You can't get too big to believe. And uh, you heard last week Sister Chrissy saying she wouldn't even put it on there. Because she knew. <laughs> you put it on there, God, God's he, he's big. He'll make it happen. And so, uh, you know, what are you believing for? And we're just trusting, believing the Lord. We're believing the Lord for $30,000 this year in our resurrection offering. Uh, that'll buy all of the new uh, uh, camera system. We're looking for four new cameras uh, posted around, uh, new computers, all of it to run that. Uh, upgrading, we're upgrading our, our, inf- our, our giving system, upgrading our computers and our iPads, all the things that technology is important. We are putting in a playground for our children, for our little ones, uh, back in this back corner. And uh, that'll have to, we've got a guy coming in this week, some dirt work. We're going to have to have gutters uh, looking at uh, some, some grass. Anybody know anybody that sells that fake AstroTurf? Anybody know of a football field taking some out? If you know of any, I need some because we don't want to mow it. <laughs> we just want it to be pretty. Our children play on it, be clean, and uh, we may have to just do a section under the play area, but, but we're going to see what God has to do. But you know what? We can do it all. I believe we can do it all. Amen? That's nothing for God. Uh, that, that, that's a normal resurrection offering. But you know what? It takes everyone doing their part. What can you do? What will God speak to your heart? We've been praying ever since the beginning of the year. Put it in my heart. Put it in my hand. What is the Lord putting in your heart? A thousand? Twenty five hundred? Five thousand? Ten thousand? We've had ten thousand dollar offerings. Uh, it, but you know what? It, it's when everybody does their part, what God speaks to you. This is not just your normal every week, it's the same. It's when you stretch your faith and say, God, what would you have me to do? And you stretch your faith and do the very best you can because God is positioning you for provision. First Kings. Chapter number 17. I want us to look at a very, very familiar story this week. And, uh, but we're going to, I want us to, to glean some things out of this because I, I believe God's Word, how many knows God's Word's true? God's Word is relevant. It was relevant thousand, two thousand. Thousands of years when these prophets came along in the Old Testament, all these things, and it's profitable. For instruction, for encouragement, for correction, for doctrine, all those things. Today, we can get something out of the Word of God. And so, we're going to look at a man by the name of Elijah. In this book, in this chapter, Elijah just kind of shows up. We don't have a lot of introduction about him. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to have a big past for God to use you. All of a sudden, God can just... Give you a word, and you can come on the scene and be God's man, God's woman, God's young person for that moment in time. God had lined out His people. Honor me. Don't go after false gods. Because if you do, I'm going to bring trouble. If you stop honoring God, this doesn't, it wasn't just to them, it's to us today. If America stops honoring God, we're in for trouble. And that's where we're at. 
God said, if you follow other gods, if you disobey me, if you, if you serve idols, I'm going to bring a drought. I'm, it's going to be tough. Things are going to get hard. Well, we have a man named Ahab. Ahab had become king. Ahab took a wife. Men, it's important, the wife that you take. Because he married a woman named Jezebel. And Jezebel was an evil woman. And they begin to serve other gods. And they begin to build idols. And they begin to worship Baal. And the Bible says that Ahab... Just, just let me read it to you. I can't say it no better. Uh, and Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Now that's saying a lot. Because a lot of kings had done a lot of bad things. But this one came along and with the help and the influence of his wife did more evil and more rebellion and more to anger God than any king before. That was First uh, Kings chapter 16, that last verse right before chapter 17. So, Ahab made God mad. How many knows it's not really a good idea to make God mad? The Bible says God is merciful. God is slow to anger. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about my, my mama and my daddy. My mama, oh, my mama was such, she was the best mama ever. But my mama... She was quick to give me a spanking when I did wrong. And believe me, I did plenty of it. And I got spankers all the time. Almost daily by mama. Daddy was slow to anger. I hardly ever got a spanking by daddy. But when I did, I don't remember all my spankings from mama. I jumped on the bed, I ran around, I did circles and all that. But I can remember the whippings daddy gave me. You didn't move. He would go over there. We, 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 I was never so glad in my life when they cut that big patch of uh, bamboos, those fishing pole canes. Because he would go pick one of those. And they all had knots at every little... And I would have those imprints. Mama spanked me on my legs and my bottom. Daddy spanked on the back. The Bible says, the Bible says he's, you know, whip a fool on the back. And when I was a fool... Aren't you glad Jesus took those stripes on his back? So daddy was very slow to anger. Didn't get a whipping from him very often. The few I did get, I remember. And they straightened my act up. God is very slow to anger. But when he's had his last... When you got on his last nerve... When he's had it up to here, it ain't good. 
And the Bible says that Ahab did more than any other king to anger God. And God raised up Elijah. Now, don't we all want to pronounce judgment on the evildoer? We love pointing fingers, don't we? We love telling people when they're wrong. We love straightening people out. But can I just tell you, before you're too quick to judge somebody, because when God brings judgment, everybody's affected. Not just the evildoer. Now, Elijah comes on the scene, and he is about to make a bold statement. He's about to declare something that I don't know if he thought completely through or not. Maybe he did, but it was God's Word. And Elijah comes on the scene, and Elijah speaks to King Ahab. And let's just look at what he said. Let's look at verse chapter 17, verse number 1. And Elijah the Tishmite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years according to my word. Wow. Elisha steps up before the king and says, King, God's angry with you. You've sinned. Your wife is a Jezebel. <laughs> she sinned. And I'm going to tell you something. According to my word, it's not going to rain. There's not even going to be dew on the grass in the morning. Until I say so. We know it went on for years. Maybe seven. It was a long, long drought, long famine. And immediately, of course, Jezebel's mad. Jezebel, I'm going to kill him. And you know what? Did you know that when the world goes through trials and tribulations, it affects all of us? And all of a sudden, Elijah said, it's not going to rain. But guess what? It didn't rain on him either. But can I tell you that when God gives you a word and God puts you in position, when you are in a land full of evil and God's judgment is all around you, God will make a way for you. God will provide for His children. And so God speaks to Elijah and He says, Get thee down, turn and go eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is there before the Jordan. Now the word chariot means cutting or a separation. Amen. God is separating. I believe right now God is in the process of separating the good and the evil. He sees and He knows what is happening. But God is able to put an umbrella of protection over those who are doing right, living right. And God will make provision. And so Abraham, I mean, I keep wanting to say Abraham. Elijah pronounced this drought. No rain until I speak the word. And then God said, hey, go down to the brook Cherith. And there I'm going to supply your need. Elijah goes up. He gets camp. I mean, he, he, he gets his tent set. He gets his fire going. He's got his lounge chair. And he's like, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to ride this thing out. And this is amazing. 
Every day, God would send a raven. Would bring him bread. Would bring him meat. He drank water from the brook. There in the midst, the world is in a terrible drought. I, I kind of think, I kind of think that raven probably got it right off of Ahab's table. I'm telling you, God will take, amen, right out from the enemy's nose, amen, and bless the people of God. And so, Elijah is just like, woohoo, man, I'm just going to ride this thing out. I got it made. I, I got Ahab. I got Jezebel. God's got me. And there he is. Every day, the raven comes and he eats meat. The raven comes. He eats bread. He's drinking out of the brook and he is happy. You know, when God provides all your needs, aren't you happy? Aren't you happy when you're well, when you got good shoes on your feet, when your tires are not flat, when you've got money in your bank and all the bills are paid and your husband's acting right? Come on, don't you just like those days? All is right with the world. But the Bible says that the brook dried up. Wait a minute, God. I mean, what happens in a drought? There's no rain. When there's no rain, there's no overflow. When there's no overflow, there's no water in the creeks and the rivers to flow into the lakes. Elijah had pronounced this drought and now then his source has dried up. Has your source ever dried up? You thought you had it made. You put all of your stock, all of your uh, uh, hope in that job. This is it. This is my life. I'm here till I retire. And, and then one day you go in and they say, uh, we're closing the doors. We're out of business. We're bankrupt. Or they fire you. All of a sudden, your financial resources dry up. One day, you're walking in perfect health. And then you go to the doctor and you get a bad report. All of a sudden, your health dries up. And sickness comes. There's so many times that when we're... And then we begin to say, wait a minute, God. You're the one that brought me here. You're the one that gave me the words to pronounce. You're the one that's been providing. And now then... You're going to do this to me? And then God spoke. And God said, Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath. Now, Zarephath is about a hundred miles north of where he's at. Through mountainous territory. Listen, and he didn't have a car or a truck. He couldn't take an Uber. You think how long it took to go a hundred miles in those days. Lord, wait a minute. I was happy by my brook cherith. I was happy with the ravens. I was happy with my bread. I was happy with the water. What are you, why are you judging me? Can I tell you something? God's not judging you. God is trying to set you up for provision. But your provision is also someone else's provision. 
You've got to think about in these times of struggle and in times of judgment, God is not just worried about you, but He's worried about all those around you. He's worried about your family. He's worried about your children. He's worried about those a hundred miles away. Amen. God sees people who have faith and people who are believing because there was a little widow that was there in Zarephath and she was being affected by the drought. There was a lot of widows there, but there was one who was trusting and believing and praying and God, amen, heard her cry and he said, you know what? I'm going to send the answer. But when Elijah source Elijah's miracle Elijah's blessing begin to run out he has two opportunities he can either get mad at God or he can say Lord what's my next assignment you're the one that sent me to this brook and you're the one that'll take me to my next supply. Listen, the job is not your supply. Amen. That check you get's not your supply. God is your supply. And when one runs out, God's already got another one prepared. I'm preaching better than y'all are saying amen today. And so this little widow woman, she's believing because she's in Desperate need. You ever been in desperate need? But have you been in this kind of desperate need? So I want you to listen to this. So Elijah obeys God. You know, we don't, have, we don't see a whole lot about Elijah's life, but we do see a lot of obedience. Elijah, I'm telling you, he's just kind of like us. He had some highs. He had some lows. He had some real highs. One day on the Mount, Mount Carmel... He's the one that built the altar, put the sacrifice on it, put the water around it, and then prayed and God sent fire down. The fire licked up the, the sacrifice, burned up all the stones, and dried up all the water. Then he killed all the prophets of Baal. I mean, he was at a high. Then Jezebel said, this time tomorrow you're going to be dead, I'm going to kill you. And we find him out under a tree, depressed, suicidal, Saying, God, I just want to die. I'm telling you, he's just like a lot of us. We have our highs, we have our lows, and we have all those things in between. But you know what I see about Elijah? Was obedience. Everywhere he was, when God said move, when God said go somewhere else, he did it. Just blind obedience. God didn't tell him what was at Zarephath. Except he said, I, I've prepared a widow to sustain you. He didn't know exactly what that meant or how it was going to be. He just obeyed God. I'm telling you, in this crisis, whatever's happening in our life, whatever's going on, whatever's coming, the key to our success is going to be obedience. So Elijah goes to Zarephath, and I, I, I love this, you've got to catch it. The widow, not a widow, not some widow, but the widow. Listen, God knows how to put you in contact with the person that you need to be in contact with. He knows how to make kingdom connection for your supply and their supply. And he comes into town, and he runs into the widow, picking up sticks, and he says, 
give me a drink of water. And as she's going to get the water, he says, Uh, uh, ma'am, excuse me, could you also bring me some bread? And I want you to listen to her response, okay? I, t- I tell you what, let, let, let me just read uh, so we just kind of get this story in sequence, okay? Let's just jump back up to work, verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, turn eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is by the, before the Jordan. It'll come to pass, you'll have, you have to drink, I, I commanded ravens to feed you. So he went, did according to the word of the Lord. He went and dwelt by brook Cherith, that is before the Jordan. Ravens brought him bread, flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. He drank of the brook. It came to pass after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon. Dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. He arose, went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. He called to her, Fetch me, I pray. I think he was from East Texas. Fetch, fetch me, I pray thee, some water. When she went to fetch it, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise, and I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Now, have you ever been in that shape? That's desperate. She was at the place. She said, he said, give me something to drink. Bring me a cake. She said, as the Lord liveth, I promise you, I swear, I mean, by the God of heavens, I'm not lying. I do not have a cake. See, sometimes when we tell people we don't have anything, we're lying. We do. She said, I promise, I have nothing but a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil I'm getting two sticks. Listen, she didn't need a big fire. You don't need a big fire with a little meal and a little oil. (laughs) She said, I'm getting two sticks, making a little fire. I'm going to make a little cake. We're going to eat it. And that's it. There's nothing else. We're going to die. Now, if you look at history, if you look at past, if you look at times in the world where there's been drought and famine... People got in such desperate situations, they literally ate their children. They ate other people in the week. This woman, she said, you know what? I don't care how bad it is, I'm not going to eat my son. I'm going to fix me and my son our last meal. And we're going to die. I wish I had something to give you. And the man of God. George said it this morning. I mean, if that had been today, he'd have been all over the news. He'd have been on the front of the... 
this crazy preacher, this woman just told him, I have nothing but enough for a little cake and a little oil, and we're going to die. And the preacher said, fix me one first. Are you crazy? I mean, this dude had been setting up, eating filet mignons. I don't know what the raven was bringing him. Meat and bread and drinking water. I mean, she looked at him and she's like, I know he ain't missed a meal in a while. And he's telling me to fix him something first. God... It's not trying to get nothing from you. God's trying to get something to you. God is trying to set you up for provision. But you've got to listen to the Word of God. Now, Elijah is about to give her the Word, but she has got to make a decision whether she's going to believe the Word or not. When the Word comes to you, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to believe your circumstances? So, let's look at the story. This little woman said, I'm going to go in, I'm going to fix this last meal, we're going to eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make therefore a little cake first and bring it to me. And after, make it for thee and thy son. Now, you can get caught up real quick in what somebody's asking, what God is asking, and you miss the promise if you don't catch it. She could have been so caught up in, I can't believe that sorry, greedy preacher. He just wants what I have. She'd have missed the word. But she had to get the word. Go make me a cake first. Then you eat, here it comes, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Ah, uh-oh, I've got a choice. God is trying to set me up for provision. I am at my wit's end. I have enough for one more. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to die. Or I can believe the man of God. I can take a step of faith. I can do what seems crazy to the natural mind. Or I can trust God and walk by faith. And you know what she decided to do? Obey God. Let's read on. Verse number 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. Now, how, how, how much food did she have? Enough for what? One meal. But she heard the word of the Lord. She was crying out to God. Elijah was sitting by the brook... He was blessed, but his blessing dried up. Now, he can get mad at God and sit there and pout 
Or he can get up and do what God said. Because listen, when God is trying to get provision to you, He's trying to get provision through you. He's not just trying to bless you, but He's trying to bless others. When He said, give it to me first, He wasn't trying to be mean. He knew that with God there's a principle, give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall he cause men to give into your bosom? There's a principle of tithing. There's a principle of sowing and reaping. And you've got to give something. You've got to put something in God's hands. And here, God was saying, I want to provide for her. I want to get her through this drought. I want to take care of her. But I see where she's at. And she's been crying out. And I'm going to send the man of God. Because the man of God has a need too. And because she got a hold of it. Because she said, you know what? (laughs) One cake is not that much anyway. What do I have to lose? I could eat one more meal and die, or I could trust God and see what He'll do. The Word said that came from the Lord, if you'll do this, your meal won't run out, and your oil won't run dry. And you know what? I think I'll just trust God. And she got in there, and I'm telling you, My grandmother, I could see her whip up something out of nothing. We'd say, Granny, we're hungry. Can we get something to eat? Well, I don't don't have anything. Let me see. She could make something. She'd throw a little meal, a little this, a little grease in the pan, a little something. And pretty soon, Amy, you'd have something. It might be a little what she called a flitter. Oh, but them cornbread flitters were good. On Sunday afternoon, we said, Granny, we, we, we'd like some cookies. And she'd get in there and make some tea cakes. I don't know what. A little sugar, a little flour, a little this, a little that. and I mean, she'd just put it in the oven and it'd start smelling good. And out would come these little cookies. Nobody knows how to make them now. You do? Well, I hadn't had any tea cakes. Where's my tea cakes? I'm telling you, listen. This little woman, she got in there and scratched together a little bit of what she had. And she brought it to the man of God. This is all I've got. I'm I'm taking you at your word. And listen to me. Listen to me, men of God. Listen to me, preachers. When you have thus saith the Lord in your mouth and you're speaking to people, it's for their provision between you and God. You don't dishonor it. You honor God. He wasn't trying to get nothing from her. He's trying to get something to her. And he took that and he honored it and he blessed it. And then he said, okay. Because you were faithful. Because you heard the voice of God. Because you heard the word that if you'll do this, I'll do this. All through the word of God, God says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And we want to say, do it God, give it to me. And God's going, but wait a minute, you didn't do your part. You gotta honor him. You gotta keep his commandments. You gotta love people. You gotta sow. You gotta give. Amen. We gotta do our part. But if we do our part, God'll do his part. And God was setting her up for provision. And guess what? For the next three, three and a half years, they didn't miss a meal. Because you know what? The barrel didn't automatically get full to the top and overflowing. But every day when she went in, there was enough for another meal. And enough for another meal. And enough for 
this and enough to pay your bill and enough to put gas in your car and enough for this. Amen. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. But you've got to honor Him. You've got to take His Word. You've got to trust Him and put something in His hand. God will honor you. I love the rest of this story. Years goes by. And then the son gets sick. The Bible says he's so sick that his breath leaves him. He dies. The little woman now that has been fed miraculously by God for these three years and the preacher has stayed there and lived in the loft with her. She cries out and said, Why is God judging me for my sins? Why did God send you and now He's killed my son? Elijah took that son out of her arms and he carried him up to the loft and he laid him on his bed and he began to pray unto God, God, you've already done this. You've provided this. Why? You see, this is the only son. This is her only source. He's growing up. He can earn a living. He can take care of his mama. What's going on? I don't understand. But he stretched himself out. And with kind of, I think it's kind of the first uh, uh, story of mouth to mouth. The Bible says he's laid himself on top, mouth to mouth, face to face, hand to hand. And he prayed. And the Bible says God heard his prayer. And he brought life back into that boy. And he brought him downstairs to the mama. And said, hey mama, here's your boy. And when I read this scripture, it makes me laugh every time. I want you to listen to what this little lady said. Verse number 24, last verse of the chapter. Now remember, Elijah had showed up when she only had two sticks, a little meal, going to cook one meal, die. He declared to her, give me one first. If you do, your meal will never run out, your oil will never run out. And till that day, it hadn't run out. But when her son died, she forgot about all that. Elijah brought that son back down alive and listen to what she said. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. What? You mean all the other words I spoke have been a lie? You mean all this miracle supply you've been eating for three years? And I wasn't a man of God? But she said, now I know. It amazes me no matter what you do. Good, when people get in trouble, they forget all about it. Until you do something good again. And then they go, oh, now I know. You're a man of God. Can I tell you this morning, God is trying to set you up for provision. I'm going to tell you something about this world we're living in. We're headed for trouble. I've been telling you for months and years to prepare. You look at what's going on, you look at the war, you look at everything, you look at everything they're saying right now. We're fixing to see grain, fruit, bread, uh, uh, meal, all this stuff. It's fixing to get scarce. Everything's going up. I don't know about you. I'm not happy. I just I passed a gas station that was closed, had been closed for just a little while. Diesel was two fifty five. 
was like, oh, Lord, for the good old days. I don't like paying $5. It's not fun. But you know what? Every time I go to the gas station, God provides it. I'm telling you, God, it doesn't matter how high it gets. We, we're living in a world, we're living in a time to when leadership is anti-God and anti-religion, anti-American, pretty much. I mean, everything is trying. Uh, we're in for some troubled times. The world. Have you read the back of the book? Do you know what's coming? And God is setting it up. But guess what? He's always taking care of His people. And even when judgment comes on the world, we're in the world. And for a time until He takes us out, we are going to have to endure it also along with everybody else. But guess what? God set me up for provision. He set me up so that every time I go to my cupboard and open it, there's going to be a peanut butter there. As long as I got some peanut butter, I'm all right. Huh? I got my big bag of beans and my big bag of rice. I said, come on now. We can eat. Got my freezer full. Listen, we've got to begin to prepare and have it. But listen, God's not just trying to get us in a position. He's trying to get us in a position to not only give, He's trying to get us in a position to receive. And so, when your source dries up, don't get mad at God. God's just trying to reposition you. Have you ever, you know, you've made the wrong turn in your GPS? What it'll say? Recalculating. Come on. Listen, when the brook dries up, what, what, what God was doing, He may be wanting to do a new thing in your life. What God was blessing you with, He may be wanting to bring another stream of blessing. But sometimes we are too comfortable. I'm telling you, Elijah wouldn't have got up and left I mean, he had uh, Uber Eats coming every day. Delivered meals on wheels, meals with wings, and plenty of water. It's hard to leave that kind of provision. So sometimes the Lord will dry your brook up because he's trying to recalculate. He's trying to re position. He's trying to get you in a position not only that'll be a blessing to you, but there's somebody else crying out to God, this is my last meal and I don't know what to do. And God is sending you to declare, thus saith the Lord. Amen. If you'll put something in God's hands, He'll take care of you through this drought. God will supply your need, her need, the kids need when he died. She had no idea that was coming. The man of God. But listen, when you position, when God positions you, it's for a purpose. He's positioning you, some of you, in business. He's positioning some of you with new jobs. He's, he's putting you with the right people. He's bringing connections. And sometimes you meet people. I, I, I talk to Brother Joe uh, uh, lots of times, and God has so blessed them. And, uh, but but I, I, I've heard him say this over and over and over. I, I went over here and I did this job and I met this guy. And I went over here and I met this guy. And this guy said he did this. That's kind of cool. And this guy said he did this. And wow. And then years down the road, 
God put him in a position to where he needed this, but he knew a guy. But, and he needed this, but he knew a guy. God never puts anybody in your path by accident. It's on purpose, for a purpose. Because God knows at some point... You're going to need them, they're going to need you, and you're going to use their ability, they're going to use your ability, and when you put them together, God gets the glory. And good things happen. So let's stop fussing about the brook drying up, and let's say, Lord, where are you repositioning me to? What's my next assignment? Lord, where, where, where do you want me to go now? Who needs me? Who needs my prayer? Who needs my faith? Who needs my obedience? What if he had disobeyed God? That woman and her son would have had their last meal and died. I'm so glad he obeyed. You say, is my obedience that important? Absolutely. Your obedience may mean someone else's life. When God puts it on your heart to pray for somebody, stop and pray. When God puts you in contact with somebody, don't take it lightly. Make that connection. Honor those commitments. Put, put, let God's position in you for provision. What's coming? I don't know. But God does. Nothing catches God off guard and by surprise. So today, I want us to pray... And ask the Lord, Lord, my, my, this stream is kind of drying up. This, this, this area, I, I thought this was going to be it, but I'm, I'm starting to feel something's different. Uh, what are you doing? Where, where, where do you want me to go? Maybe right now, the brook's still flowing. But just put this in your mind. Put it in your heart. When the brook starts drying up, start going, okay, Lord, where's my next assignment? What are you doing now? Because I'm telling you, things can change in a moment. You can go from being on top of the world and having everything to having nothing. And it's obedience that brings our provision for the next, how many years? One, two, three, seven? I don't know. But you know what? It wasn't until, you, you know the end of the story? Finally, it was time for the drought to be over. Elijah prayed. He told the servant, go, go, go look and see if there's rain. No, there's no, I don't see nothing. Blue skies, there's nothing. Go back and pray, pray it again. Go look again. Nothing. Pray again. Go look again. He came back. Elijah, all I see is a little bitty tiny cloud in the sky about the size of a man's hand. Elijah said, go. it's fixed to come a gully washer. You crazy thing. That's a little bitty tiny cloud. He said, you better tell him. And you know what happened? The rain came. The rain came. You got to be obedient. I remember the story. I wish I could think of his name right now. I'm blank. A missionary. Back years ago, he was sailing on a ship uh, to, to a mission field. And the captain came and knocked on his door and said, Sir... We have no wind, and the boat is drifting toward this island, and we believe it's to be inhabited by cannibals. True story. And I understand 
that you are a man that believes in God and a man of faith, would you please pray? And the man of God said this, Captain, I will pray, but go raise your sails. He said, uh, Sir, the crew will think I'm crazy. There's no wind. He said, Sir, you set your sails. I'll pray. Forty-five minutes later, he heard a knock on the door. And the captain said, Sir, please stop praying. We've got more wind than we know what to do with. Listen, God doesn't do it all. You've got to do your part. You set your sails. You get faith. You look and believe for what can be, not what is. You allow God to set you up for provision. And God will supply your need. Can I get a big amen? Come on, clap for joy, somebody. Father, today I, I want to say thank you for all your past provision. Lord, I thank you for everything that you have brought us through. I thank you for everything you have provided for. I thank you that in times of leanness, you have provided. In times of harvest, Lord, you filled our barns. Lord, there's been times you fed us and watered us. And there's been times that the water dried up. Father, I pray today that there are people in this building and those watching me that you are about to reposition for new provision. I pray that when you begin to speak, I pray that when that new other source begins to dry up, that they will be quick to obey. That they will hear your voice and they will go and obey and be where you put them to be. So they will look for that person, the widow. There's a lot of people in the world, but there's those that have faith and are believing God. And you're wanting to put us in contact with those so that you can supply both needs. I declare businesses, homes, marriages, children. I pray, Father, that people are, they, they have ideas and uh, they don't know how to make them come to pass. There's those that want to launch into a new thing, but they don't have the supply. But, Father, I thank you. You are about to cause provision. But let us hear your voice. When it sounds crazy... I can't do that. I can't give that. I can't give that much. Let us remember, if you speak the word, it's because you're trying to set us up for, for, for provision, not just for today, but for our future. You will supply. So, Lord, let us say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll speak. Yes, Lord, I'll be obedient. Yes, Lord. Can you just say it with me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So now, Lord, whatever the command is, we've already answered. We're ready. We're going to step out the new assignment, the new purpose, the new calling, and with it comes provision. And for that we say thank you. In Jesus' name.